Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tales by Firelight. Tales by Firelight is a companion podcast to a crack in the plan. This is week one of the Emerald Company. Even the faint hints of sunrise over the cliffs of Red Hawk still took Marion's breath away. She remembered her first sunrise here and all the changes that came after. It was like love or the strawberry wine she bought in the village below. Bittersweet, but her life had been one of heartbreak and all she could do was accept it for what it was and keep living. The sound of footsteps on the narrow stairs came from behind her and she knew before turning that Grayley and Alpha were making their way up. She welcomed them both with a smile and began to leave, but was stopped short by the mental link that Alpha established. Lady Grey, please stay with us, the girl said, gesturing to the large room around them. This place will feel so empty if you leave it. She looked at the poor girl and was swayed by her pleading. She felt a kinship for this girl, having also been robbed of something so young. Marion, Grayley, and Alpha made small talk until Marion's unseen servant, whom she called Alistair, brought a selection of teas, coffee, brandy, and butterscotch scones for them to eat and sip on as they watched the day break all around them. Grayley, sipping her coffee, asked a question. Why do you call the lighthouse Fern's Rest? Oh. Well, Holic and I named it together. Fern is the woman who raised me after I was released from the care of the Marajan. She died before I met Holic. But all that I am as a woman, I owe to Fern. When I left my homeland, I took her ashes with me and we buried them there in the Fire Lily Garden on the west side of the property. It's rare for those flowers to grow this far north, and I think she would have loved to walk among them in the evenings. So when Holic and I bought this place, we laid her to rest there, and the name came naturally. Marion said, seeing those days so clearly in her mind's eye. You loved him, didn't you? Alpha asked in Marion's head. More than I've ever loved anyone. He came into my life like a hurricane and rearranged every part of it. Loving him felt inevitable once I realized it. Using a word like magnetic to describe him does a disservice to the word. He was everything to me. He still is. I will never not love him, even though he hurt me more than I could express in this lifetime or the next. It's taken me years to get this, but you can't shortcut all of the sorrow life and others bring. You've got to make it make sense, and it's time, and you'll have to give yourself the space to do that, said Marion, her heart again full of both love and sorrow. Behind her, 
she heard the familiar throat clear of Falcon on the mountaintop. Marion, we need to talk. It's Korandric, he said in his gruff and scratchy voice. Marion rose and followed him down to the first floor study, unease rising in her as she went. Falcon turned, and she could have given herself the bad news, just based on the look of sadness that crossed his feline features. We left the professor right after two stones, came back to you with the others. We were going after a man named Arnor, that we'd sussed out was the leader of the Marajan, and that the professor's mom confirmed when we got details of her kidnapping. Corandric and I tracked him down and thought we had the jump on him, but Arnor was faster than we were prepared to deal with. He got in close and grabbed Corandric by the throat. He tore his throat out like he was a rabbit. His vampirism be damned. I cannot for the life of me figure out how he did it. It shouldn't have been possible, and yet he trailed off. And then continued. I didn't want to use them, but the magic arrows that I'd been holding on to came in handy. And he fell after a second arrow to the heart. I wrapped Arnor in some heavy chain that I found in the docks and left his body at the bottom of the river. And then I stole a boat and I buried Crandrick at sea like he'd asked me to made a point to let the professor know that danger had passed and that I, that I made my way here, he said, weariness overcoming him. Marion let her tears fall freely and moved to embrace her friend. You've honored him, Falcon. You go rest now. Tonight we will do our part to put him to rest. Marion let him get some sleep as she made her way back to the girls in the observatory. She related the whole tale, and both girls cried at the loss of a man who'd helped protect them. After they had dried their tears, Marion recruited them to help with the arrangements for the evening. Grayly gathered pieces of armor and a sword that Corandric had kept there, as well as books and small keepsakes. Alpha and her brother Albatross helped build the pyre on the beach, as well as 13 smaller fires, gates the spirit passes through on its way from the material world to the spiritual, and an old tradition that Two Stones had to explain more than once. And that's where we're going to end part one. Uh, we will pick up next week with part two. I hope you enjoy, and we will see you next week. <laughs>